We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. And with me, as always, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you know, I think it's safe to say that the Sean Payton-Russell Wilson marriage failed to meet expectations of Broncos country. But for Drew Brees, turns out, basically, it shook out about how he expected it to. What were your thoughts on what he said? And for those of you who haven't seen what he said, we'll we'll break it down. But what were your thoughts? I mean, I appreciate them. Obviously, he knows Sean Payton. Obviously, he knows something about playing quarterback in the NFL, Chad. But he still is just an outsider to the situation. And I don't think he's privy to the same information that we are necessarily who cover the team uh, day in and day out. So it it was more of a pro-Sean Payton approach, which is totally unsurprising. But again, it's just one person's opinion. It's not going to change the course of what the Broncos do or don't do with uh, Russ going forward. Uh, Yes, indeed. Real quick, David. The Papa Bear, good to see you. Appreciate you, my friend. He's all about the McCarthy train, Buckham. Heck yeah, dude. MHH for life. Much love and respect. I want to read this real quick. So this is Drew Brees, you know, the whole Radio Row thing, Super Bowl. People making the rounds. He sat down with NBC Sports' Mike Florio and former Bronco Chris Sims. Quote, when he was asked about, you know, the, the Broncos and Russ situation. Quote, it kind of played out the way I thought it would, honestly. I think Russell has a skill set, and I think Russell is still going to be able to go and have a great rest of his career elsewhere. As I watched them play this year, it didn't feel like the timing, the rhythm, the tempo that I'm used to seeing in a Sean Payton offense. And I know those are the hallmarks of the offense. That's the standard that's been set. Close quote on that, Zach. And then when he was pressed to say, so, you know, what what is it about Russ, like, where does he fit? You know, if if the timing and the rhythm was so off, Drew, what what was it that Russell couldn't make work, etc.? Quote, he says, Breeze, I think Russell, to me, is not a timing rhythm passer. Russell is one of the best deep ball throwers in the league and has been for a long time. But it's run game, it's read option stuff, it's the RPO game, and then it's heavy play action. Man, let's let him launch it. 
or kind of give him these high to low reads, to me, that's the best system fit for him, close quote. So that's the first few things he said, Zach. It's kind of Switzerlandy, isn't it, Chad? Playing, uh, not playing both sides, but kind of being neutral to the situation. He kind of took a shot at Russ by saying the timing is off with the offense and then complimented him by saying uh, he has uh, more longevity in the NFL. I took it as him saying the marriage wasn't working and it was oil and water as it was described by several other people, including us over the course of the season. And um, again, it's just, he's, he's taking a shot at one and complimenting the other. I don't know. I'm kind of waiting. I mean, he's, he's like, some people take this as a, as a straight um, insult. The fact that he said to me, Russ is not a timing rhythm passer, but if you go back, this is nothing new. I mean, this is something Pete Carroll was talking about two weeks ago or three weeks ago when he stepped down in Seattle. His last appearance on the Pete Carroll radio show in Seattle on whatever that ESPN station was. And he was being asked about the Russell thing with Peyton and all this too, right? And he's like, hey, you know, some some quarterbacks are the timing, rhythm, pocket guys. Others are more of the athlete type. And Russ is the athlete type. That's just... So you got to know how to play to that as a strength. If that's a strength, you got to know how to play to that. And I think Sean Payton very much tried to do that, Zach. Um, and it went counter and against so much of the, so much of his core philosophy that, like you said, it ended up coming out in the wash quite clearly that it was janky. It wasn't meant to be oil water. Did Russ play better? Yes, comparatively to 2022. But you go back and look at his body of work in Seattle, especially at the peak of his prime. Still quite a demarcation, especially with just the ridiculous amount of sacks, poor pocket presence, etc. Sam Bambro, love you. Thank you so much for jumping in with a super. You and the Papa Bear David helping us get rolling early. Much love and respect, big dog. Yeah, thank you, Sam. I'm not really trying, Chad, to uh, read into more than what Drew Brees was saying there. I just found it funny that he said it's a timing-based offense, and then he says Russell Wilson's not a timing-based quarterback and then compliments Russell Wilson for what he can do in the NFL. Um, I, I don't want to create a narrative that isn't there, but I what was more interesting to me were the comments he made about the next Broncos quarterback and where Peyton might be looking. Let's talk about that. So, you know, uh, everyone's familiar with the phrase a uh, – crap eating grin that's the that's the pg way of saying it right uh, there's the naughty way of saying that but when drew Brees was asked by uh the the hosts hey what's the next move then at quarterback for the broncos and they kind of led him on you know is it going to be a, is it going to be the draft is it going to be free? and he just gets this crap eating grin and goes on to say this and this was definitely to me zach and i'm going to interpret the body language i'm going to actually pull some uh, context from the body language. He's talked to Sean Payton. He knows what quarterback Sean Payton's dreaming of, but you're going to see here, gang, in his response, that he also recognizes the obstacles in front of the Broncos in realistically landing any of these guys. But here's what he said with that crap-eating grin. Quote, I don't know. I think there's always a shakeup. Remember that. He goes on, there's some talented guys in the draft this year. Unfortunately, the Broncos traded quite a bit to get Russ in the first place. So if you're in a position where you love one of these guys and you want to trade up, do you have the assets to do it? And what does that do to your roster moving forward? I do know this. You really do have to build your team through the draft. You can go out in free agency and you can get some core pieces 
some core leadership pieces, some cultural pieces. But man, if you're going to build your team within this cap system, you got to do it through the draft. Close quote, Zach. Once again, kind of a contradictory statement. He's handing out a trade up for a quarterback, yet he says you have to have assets to build through the draft. You can't have it both ways. But Chad, I'll ask you a question. Would you look like you've just eaten feces if you were talking about Jameis Winston or Sam Darnold? No, no. you would not. You have that look on your face. Well, maybe actually, eating. maybe I would, you know, in a literal True. sense. In, in a different on, way. Yeah. Um, I think you would have that. And you would you kind of tease that if you knew Sean Payton wants one of the big three. And there's been rumblings. We've reported on it with Tony Pauline and other sources that said that Sean Payton wants one of those guys. We don't know who, though I think his initials might rhyme with uh, DM. Ronk, much love and respect. We love you. We appreciate you, Mike. Uh, by the way, isn't that a curious saying? A S-word eating grin. Like, where does that even come from? Like, is it possible that someone... There was enough sample size somewhere, Zach, of someone actually eating that and smiling that it it like found its way into the linguistic, you know, zeitgeist. I, Google probably knows. I could Google it and it will probably figure it out. But um, a lot of weird to get our minds. What, what's that? A lot of weird fetishes out there, Chad. Doesn't surprise me. This is true. Had to this start somewhere. But again, Mike, much love and respect, my friend. Thank you so much. Lots more to get to, gang. But first, we got to remind you. Little Caesars, the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, knows football fans love a great game and a great deal to boot. So we're tossing out a challenge and calling it Pick 6 for Slices and Sticks. If there is a Pick 6 during Super Bowl 58, that's Sunday, fans who accepted the challenge on the Little Caesars app will get a free Slices and Sticks, period. Yeah, Broncos country, we've partnered with NFL legend Derek Brooks of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because he knows all about the pick six, having returned one during Super Bowl 37, as you might recall. Uh, that play led to a 44-yard touchdown and a win for the Bucs, so accept the challenge today and win some za. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Some pizza dog. indeed that's right pizza pizza everybody love you guys thank you uh for supporting our great sponsors and uh partners on the show colby jumping in the triple c as we like to call him on facebook good evening enjoy the super bowl zach what are your plans for uh the super bowl you going to a party you doing anything fancy or fun or is it run-of-the-mill sunday for you listen I don't know if you saw, it was Mad Dog. He gave an interview on Radio Row. And I only bring him up because his comments kind of resonated with me. He says he wants to watch the game and focus on football, not be distracted by halftime or the commercials or the celebrities. So I like, you know, watching the game for the game. It's the last game of the year. But I will say this, Chad, I, I'm not looking forward to it that much. Simply because I think the script writers have it in for Kansas City. They're going to win another Super Bowl and it's going to be the, Kelsey Taylor Swift experience and everything like that. It also feels like it's the longest buildup to a Super Bowl ever. And of course, this one happens to have again the Broncos' biggest rival. I just can't countenance a fourth Chiefs Lombardi, you know. But there's a couple ways to look at that. You could go, I just don't want the Chiefs to officially edge ahead of the Broncos and the you know Lombardi trophy tally, so to speak. Or you could say, you know what? Mahomes is going to win another one. He's still young, young. Drafted in 2017. Maybe if they just win one this year, Andy Reid will ride off into the sunset sooner than later. Like maybe that will precipitate Zach. Uh, Andy Reid, you know, hanging up his clipboard. Maybe. There's been rumors about that. Then he came out and said that he wants to keep coaching. So uh, I, there's more of a chance I think he'd walk away if he wins another, like you were talking about, than if he loses. So in that sense, I can't bring myself to say go Chiefs. It's go Niners until proven otherwise, Chad. Guys, tonight we are going to be doing the live raffle here in just a few minutes to uh, find out who gets the jersey on Super Chat, the Super Chat jersey for January. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Sam Bam jumping in again. Thank you, my dog. Thank, Thank you man. so much. He says, I highly doubt Sean Payton in the front office have made their official plans, A, B, C, and D, for quarterback yet. The offseason hasn't officially started, and they still have lots of players to evaluate. Right. Well, if by that you mean the Super Bowl, the playoffs have been rolling apace and all that, yeah, it hasn't started. But it has started, I think, for the Broncos in terms of you know, when there's not football to be played and games to be game planned for and executed, like it goes into off-season mode. And based on the end-of-season pressers, Zach, uh, both Sean and George Payton talked about they're going to take two weeks, come back, and start cracking into the big decisions. And, you know, it's not just Russ, but they have to really start trimming this roster to get under the cap, to become even cap compliant, Zach. They're $24 million over as it stands. But your thoughts for Sam here on whether or not the Broncos and Peyton have really started sketching out quarterback plans um, for for 2024. I do for two reasons. Number one being Sean Peyton, a, a, a month ago tomorrow, he said it won't be a long, drawn-out process with Russell Wilson. It leads me to believe that they made their decision or they're leaning toward a decision. The other point is if you go back and watch George Peyton's year-end press conference alongside Greg Penner and Sean Peyton, he was asked – you know, I'm going to paraphrase. Do you know what Sean Payton wants in a quarterback? And he kind of ominously said, yeah, I know what Sean Payton wants and what he wants to do. So there has been discussions. They know the direction they want to go in. They just don't know who exactly at this juncture they can land now. The problem is it's like Drew Brees was sketching at the uh, conundrum, which is 
the guys they're probably in love with are in the top three. Do you have the firepower? I mean, in a literal sense, yes. You have first round pick this year, first round pick next year. You have a two next year. You have other players that could sweeten the pot, you know, PS2 as a, as a worst case scenario. But do you have the firepower? Sure. But at what cost? That's what he was, I think, uh, aptly trying to kind of portray there. Maybe a bit of a smoke screen on behalf of his former boss and still close friend. You know, the crap eating grin, so to speak, uh, when he was asked. I, I would bet dollars to donuts, another stupid phrase. Who knows where it comes from? I would bet money. If I could be Zach, a little fly on the wall and know for sure, uh, I would get. I would bet money that, yes, Drew Brees has talked to Sean Payton, even in passing his friends do, right? Texting back and forth, chit-chatting on the phone, catching up on the golf course, whatever. He knows what is ideally right. out there for Sean Payton, what he would ideally like to see. Making it happen, though, it's not as easy as one, two, three. Exactly. And you know what, Chad? Donuts are a lot more palatable than scat. So I, I tend to lean toward that expression. And I don't think that Sean Payton would explicitly say to Drew Brees, listen, we are going to trade up for Drake May. We are going to trade up for Caleb Williams, blah, blah. I think he might say, listen, we're looking in this direction. We like this guy. Hey, I like, you know, Caleb Williams. I think he's a generational talent. I'd love to have him on the Broncos. So they for sure have spoken. I just think that Sean Payton being the tactician that he is wouldn't give anything away to anyone. George Fox jumping in on Facebook, one of our great regulars. Really appreciate you, my friend. He says, this is going to be a draft that will keep us all guessing. Thanks, all of you at MHH Podcast Group, for all you do to keep us into our team. Uh, absolutely, dude. Broncos for life. MHH for life. Yes. Yeah, I mean, for us, we we even, Zach, in the face of easily the biggest backswell of fan apathy i've seen in the post super bowl 50 era you know zach and i we crossed paths in the short aftermath let's see 2016 17 early 18 so there was basically two years in between post super bowl 50 that zach and i weren't working together but um but zach's been on the beat every year since super bowl 50 and uh, so MHH predates Super Bowl 50 by a little bit. But the point being, we've been around long enough to know kind of have our finger on the pulse, so to speak. You know, when you manage social media accounts of in the hundreds of thousands of Broncos fans, you start to kind of see how the wind blows and how the and I got to tell you, Zach, this is easily the most apathetic stretch I've seen from Broncos fans in terms of just their general enthusiasm, interest um passion etc for these big unanswered questions for the broncos normally zach these are the type of questions that you would have the vast majority of broncos country checking their phones daily to get the answers on in the offseason any little buzz nugget this that they'd be on top of it about half those people they're just kind of signed off for now they're they're kind of over it i can't blame them we talked about years past well 16 17 18 19 20 and 21 happened then they got russell wilson and the fan base mustered whatever optimism they could to put it back in the team and then got screwed over by hackett and russ in year one then they mustered even more that they didn't have for sean payton and russ in year two and got screwed over again so i don't want broncos country to have apathy though i totally understand as a human why you would same here 
Um, same here. It's just one of those things where for me, as a fan, apathy, honestly, and 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 disappointment, whatnot, it becomes irrelevant because Broncos, the Broncos have become such a way of life for me, even long before I started MHH that, you know, being disappointed, all that stuff, it was like, you know, charge it to the game. Now, albeit in my existence on this earth, never has there been a stretch uh, of ineptitude for the Broncos like the, the past seven, eight years. So we are kind of in uncharted waters, but Keith, let's grab, let's grab these supers, Scott, then we'll get to the, we'll get to the uh, drawing, but Keith jumping in. With his glorious beard on Facebook, appreciate you, big dog. He says, Chad and Zach, Peyton is a smart guy. Did he take the job thinking he could work with Russ or knowing that he could move on from Russ? The answer is yes. <laughs> he took it going, yeah, if anyone can can turn the ship around, I'm probably the guy that could do it. I'm willing to accept that challenge so long as I'm given the prerogative. If it doesn't work out and the green light from ownership and, the, and whatnot to move on, that's what we've learned, Zach, yeah, in the aftermath of the benching. A hundred thousand percent. I was going to say it's a little of both, Keith. Um, he probably took the job thinking, listen, I'm Sean Payton, $18 million a year. I can fix this guy. And if not, well, you're giving me the power because of that $18 million per year to move on when I see fit. So I, I do think it's a little of both. Mm-hmm. But he did give it the old college try, that's for sure. And, you know, that actually makes it sound minimizes i think the effort sean payton did go to calling it the old college try it minimizes the lengths i think sean payton did go to to try to make it work i mean his offense that he put out there in year one with the denver broncos was a 180 degree departure from anything you'd seen in new orleans since 2006 the duchess jumping in from the top rope thank you michaela we love you michaela she says donation to the football gods for randy gratishar making the Hall of Fame, MHH is the bee's knees. Yes, indeed, it's Randy's time, Zach. Love you, Michaela. Did he officially get in? I'm double-checking that right now. It's it's tonight. Because I know it was going to be announced. I don't know if it was official, though. Uh, Let us know. Well, aren't the honors tonight? Are they? I don't know. Scott, could you do a, a research on that real quick and see? Pretty sure we we find out tonight, but either way. All the guys, you know, uh, around all the the tenured beat writers and, and Mike Clisses of the world, and those who are plugged in with the voters and whatnot, it's faded. They're kind of talking about it, it like this, even though it's not a guarantee. It feels this time around fate accompli for Randy Gratishar, but still, what this dude has been through, the agony uh, he's been put through, yeah, not just Zach, the fact that he's been omitted unjustly, but just being dragged so close for so many years, going through the emotional hope disappointment cycle on a year in year out basis uh, basis for this many years, man is it's just bad. And uh, let's pray to the football gods along with Michaela here that those scales get balanced ASAP. Yeah. Michaela's saying uh, after seven mountain time. So we'll know pretty soon uh, whether he gets in and he should get in. He's obviously deserving. I saw that Jared Allen did not get in. That was one of the leaks and uh, he was his fourth year on the ballot, former Broncos uh, pass rush consultant advisor, whatever. See, title to me, want. he's Hall of the, of the good, not great. Like all the very good. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He was. Uh, did he contribute to a championship? No. 
you know, he toiled away for a lot of those bad years of the Chiefs pre-Andy Reid in Kansas City. You know, there's those Vikings years he had. Um, what's another one of the stops? There's one more, wasn't there? Kansas City, Vikings. Maybe that was it. But either way, Hall of the Very Good. Not not, not necessarily the Hall of Fame. Um, okay, two more quick comments, super chats, and then we're going to do the drawing. Phil, my dog, I love you. Down in Tucson, you prove every single day that Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. So if Terry and Arnold and Bo Nix are available at 12, who do you take? Buck them, MHH for life, go Broncos. That one's still easy for me. That one's still easy for me. I'm sorry. That's assuming, Zach, all the King's horses, all the King's men, you couldn't get up into the top three. You're still yep. at 12. So I'm also part of that calculus, assuming gone are the top three, possibly even one more quarterback, because there are a lot of QB desperate teams in the top 12 this year. Um, I'm still taking the quarterback. Uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I've vacillated a little bit on this. Zach, what's your answer? Same. I'm going back and forth in my head. I can make a pros and cons for either prospect. Uh, I think I'm still probably exploring trading down, Phil, unless I'm 100% dead set on Bo Nix. From what I understand, based on you know the scouts and what they're saying out there, it could be Nix and Penix that drop to late day one, early day two, and J.J. McCarthy, everyone's least controversial quarterback prospect out there, is rising up and could be a top 10 pick. So I don't know. I could go, I could go either way with these. I'm still not really loving the idea of a cornerback right there. I mean, it would be the dream to have those two dudes as you're at boundary corners. I mean, good Lord, Arnold and PS2. However, and, you know, the draft purists start yelling at their phones when I'm when I say what I'm about to say, which is, you know. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Looking at the lay of the land, right? Every draft pick, there is, to varying degrees, a balance, Zach, of BPA, the, taking the best guy there on your board, and roster needs, right? There is to varying degrees, depending on the situation, where you're at in the draft. Do the Broncos absolutely need a number two corner right now? Like, no, they don't. They have one of the best corners in the league and a couple of young guys, one of whom they drafted last year in Riley Moss. What do they need? They need a freaking offensive tackle. They need a freaking edge rusher. Uh, this is, of course, beyond quarterback. Quarterback, to me, is like, Stop the presses until it gets that gets ironed out. Everything else is irrelevant. Yeah, I definitely can see the argument against Arnold there. The only 
argue, argument I can make for him is the fact that you might not have PS2 much longer. I'm not saying that the Broncos are going to trade him, but at some point he's going to want to get paid and he's going to get paid a fat contract. And if you're the Broncos, do you cut that deal when you're going through a rebuild or you're going through a multi-year process? Do you cut a, a record setting contract for a non-quarterback? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't the, Plus also, Chad, real quick, all the times that PS2's dad expressed frustration with PS2 yeah. in Denver and kind of hinted that he should be elsewhere. By the way, J.J. McCarthy mocked to the Broncos at 12 recently by CBS Sports. Like, And Scott's making the point, you know, you're going to take the fifth quarterback of the, you know, the fifth ranked quarterback, the fifth best quarterback of the, of the class at 12. It just depends, dude. Like, you got to have a quarterback solution. You got to have one. So, you know, by this point, the Broncos will have made a decision on whether they're going hell-bent for high water on a quarterback in the draft or if they're just not getting the kind of callbacks from moving up or whatnot that they wanted to. Maybe by this point, Zach, they may, it becomes moot because they went out and, you know, signed uh, Baker Mayfield or Ryan Tannehill or something to kick the can down the road a year. And they take one of these other guys, you know, uh, Milton, they take a, uh, two lane kid. Um, they take a rattler in the third round or something like that. Kick the can down the road. I just think that until you have that position solved, doesn't freaking matter, dude. The last seven, eight years have proven that dude. All the king's horses, all the king's men, without the quarterback, you're just not getting there. You know, don't let these crazy outliers like the O three or O uh, two Bucks, you know, the two thousand Ravens, uh, even the twenty fifteen yeah. Broncos get thrown into this mix unjustly. By the way, it was still Peyton Manning at quarterback. Don't don't let those outliers fool you. Those are the minuscule exceptions that prove the rule without a quarterback you're dead in the water i think it's almost impossible to get the entirety of broncos country to agree on what they should do with quarterback but this is how i feel and i think we could all agree on this i would rather the broncos take any of the top five or six quarterback prospects than sign ryan Tannehill. you swing for the fences only and as uh todd says in the comments zach draft a quarterback every year until you get your guy right Right. That's what you have to do. That's the only way you're going to compete and turn the Broncos into a winning product again. And it's also worth mentioning before we grab Troy here that, you know, the media perception is that, uh, say, a Bo Nix could be the fifth quarterback of this class as far as rankings are concerned. But all it takes is one team, and that team could be the Broncos. Falling in love with him, falling in love with McCarthy, falling in love with Penix, um, and all that media rankings and all that stuff, best efforts goes out the freaking window uh, for better or for worse. Troy, the fawn donkey, as he is known on X on Twitter, jumping in with a generous super. Thank you, Troy. Much love, big dog. He says, hey, guys, a super just to support. Thanks for the discussion and news. Broncos for life. Our turn for a dip. We will emerge. Um, dipping back into the uh, to the draft pool for a quarterback. I, I, I hope that's what you mean, Troy. Either way, Troy, thank you so much. And it's, you know, it's been a tough eight years, but it's because of fans like you and everyone else uh, that make it worthwhile. So definitely appreciate it. And we will emerge soon. You just have to get your guy. And that's why even if it's JJ McCarthy, Chad, who's not my first choice, I would rather sign him than go back to the retread well or the project well or the reclamation well. All right. One more here from Sam Bam. Then we'll do our raffle. 
Uh, Sam, thank you, brother. Number three tonight. Thank you, you the man. He says, it would be funny if Sean Payton calls Jim Harbaugh, now, of course, the head coach of the L.A. Chargers, and asks him for a scouting report on J.J. McCarthy. I wonder if Harbaugh would be honest about him. Heck, I don't think Harbaugh would answer that call. Both these guys are crazy lunatics when it comes to football and competition. I mean, even in that same sit-down, Zach, that Drew Brees had with the pro football talk guys, you know, toward the end there, they're talking about Sean Payton, and he's like, dude, Sean Payton is a lunatic on game day. M, you know, MF and everybody left and right, you know, MF and the refs, MF and the opponent, MF and his own assistants, MF and his own players, etc. Like he is out of his mind. It's the fog of war, you know, the 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 intensity of the situation, uh, the stakes of the situation elevate the intensity to such high levels. And a guy like Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh is the exact same way. I mean, you could even argue Jim Harbaugh is probably even more of a game day type lunatic. They take this whole football espionage thing quite seriously. I mean, it, even small things like Sean Payton shortly after hired Zach uh, by the Broncos, Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. Hey, who do you got? Chiefs, Eagles, right? It was Chiefs, Eagles. And he's like, hey, we never want to see anybody in our division win anything. Eagles all the way. He's just a maniac, dude. I couldn't imagine Jim Harbaugh would even answer that call. But if he did, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think you'd get much out of him on it. I think the only thing you get out of him would be disinformation, would be false um, information that he wants to put out there. Same as what Sam is saying. You know, Harbaugh would say, no, he sucks. So draft him. <laughs> um, it, it's, it, it might be true. Maybe, you know, there's that whole coaching fraternity and coaching brotherhood that Nathaniel Hackett kind of made apparent. So maybe if Harbaugh was coaching the Bucks or the Vikings or the Packers, he would pick up that call and he'd be honest with Peyton about McCarthy. But in the same division, no way in hell. One more super than the, the raffle. I We skipped over our, our dear friend, Drake Wally. Uh, from our sister site on the uh, Fan Nation Network, Horseshoe Huddle, Drake jumping in. Thank you, big dog. A podcaster in his own right. Says, my dudes, want to ask you to, are you done with Russ? I still think there's hope, but I don't know. Doesn't fit Peyton. Thoughts? Well, Drake, if the, if the Broncos decided to run it back with Russ due to the financial ramifications of not, um, I would get, I would fall in line in terms of hoping for the best. But again, for me, the scales fully fell off the eyes on Russ week five, that loss to the, to the jets. And then, you know, a couple more bumps on the head. And then they went on that crazy six game run. And I was like, there was a certain point in that, that period, Zach, where I started going, well, maybe, I don't know. But even then guys, Everything still was just too hard to come by. Everything was just dearly bought. There was nothing at any point that ever felt like it was clicking. You know, nothing came easy, right? Like you go back and you think to the great periods of this team or any team out there that has a great quarterback and a good quarterback coach cohesion. And there's times where, sure, things buckle down, come up against a good defense and, you know, but by and large, Things come easy, you know, rhythm is established. It's it's not asking the world to get more than a yard and a half on first down. And then it's not asking the world to get more than three or four yards on second down. It's not asking the world, Zach, to convert a third and two without getting sacked and it's third and 10 or getting strips. Yeah. Everything, even during that six-game 
swing, Zach, was still so hard to come by, but they would pull it out thanks to the defense taking it away and Russ just turning it on when the chips were down. But it was still Tebow-esque up until then. So, yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm off the Russ train as far as realistically, Zach, having any when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply expectation that he's the answer at quarterback, uh, especially with what we saw with Sean this last year. Yeah. Appreciate the question, Drake. And I think we've, we answered it over the course of the podcast today and you answered it yourself in your very comment. Doesn't fit Sean Payton. That's what it boils down to. He gave it a go, a college try, whatever you want to call it. He tried to make it work and it's oil and water. And when two people are not compatible, whether it's a business or a personal relationship, it is not going to work out. The longer that you force yourself to stay, the more unhappy that you're going to be. So the number one objective is getting the quarterback that fits Sean Payton's system and the quarterback that he gets to hand select, not inherit like Russell Wilson. Yeah. And it's like Drew Brees said, you know, I think there's still some gas there in the tank for Russ. Um, it's just not, it's just not going to be with, with Sean Payton. So, um, gas in the tank, meaning like, could he go still be a, a starter somewhere? Would it co- totally shock me, Zach, if he landed in say Cleveland and they're, they're like a fringe playoff team, like they were this year. No, it wouldn't shock me, but like, he's never going to be the, the ship I think has sailed on him being that bona fide, uh, you know, top 10 quarterback that puts you in the conversation for a world championship year in and year out that ship has sailed and that's what the broncos thought they were buying when they traded and then paid traded for and then paid russ so all right shifting gears let's do the raffle so as you know each and every month we take the top 10 finishers on super chat names go in the digital hat so to speak we do this random drawing the raffle the winner gets a Broncos jersey of their choice and of course the the person who finishes let's say 10th in the super chat ranking is not going to have the same equal number of tickets in the hat as the person who finished first or second it is weighted based on ranking so one and two and three and four those people are going to have more gradually than the last person but let's just recap here's how it finished for January rattlesnake master for the first time, finishes number one, followed by the Duchess, Michaela Parker, at two. James Moss at three. I think that's the highest I've ever seen James Moss ranked as well. Troy at four. Uh, Gary, the swashbuckler, at five. The Lady D, Deanna Hendry at six. Naj Altaf at seven. Sam Bam's in there at eight. Mike Edel at nine. And Zeus himself checking in at ten. So that's the order. We're going to do the process of elimination here. Make it so, Mr. Producer. First name out, the Lady D. Second name out, Naj. Third name out, the Duchess. Uh, Fourth name out, Troy. Fifth name out, James Moss. Sixth name, Rattlesnake. Number one is out. All right. Seventh name, Sam Bam is out. 
Mike Edel is out. Zeus is out. Ten, 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 ten came close to one. So it's it's Gary. Gary wins a jersey. And uh, have we seen Gary in the chat tonight? I don't think we've seen him quite yet tonight. Uh, but Gary leads Palmer. And uh, Gary has been waiting on a specific jersey from the last time he won to become available. Uh, so we're going to have to figure this out for Gary because now he's got he's going to have two actually coming his way. So, And here's the thing. I We feel comfortable, guys, when it comes to getting you the jersey that you win. Going through official NFL and team channels. If there's a specific jersey that you're dying for and they just don't have it in your size on any of the team-sponsored stores, you find it somewhere else, as long as you're clear that it might not necessarily be exactly the team stuff, and who knows, it could be from China, it could be you – ne you never know quality-wise. If you're okay with it and you send us a link and say, no, I'm good with this one, we'll still make that happen, but um, for what it's worth. So congratulations to Gary and much love and respect to every one of you. Uh, that finished in the top 10 and let alone uh, contributed to what we're doing here on, on super chat. Thank you. Yeah. I like those sentiments. Congratulations, Gary. And uh, we, no matter if you want or not, we definitely appreciate each and every one of you more than, you know, and Sam Bam, uh, he's got a Jersey coming his way from the Duchess officially ordered and uh, heading his direction. So that'll be cool. When you get the Jersey, Sam, you got to make sure you send us in that, that pick so we can, uh, we can flex you. Uh, okay. Moving on here, Cody Dub jumping in. Good to see you, Cody. Regular that's been with us a long time, by the way. Cody's got some bona fides here at MHH. He says, QB out of this draft, I'm not sure. Taking a QB out of this draft, I'm not sure is going to help much. So many holes, uh, one good receiver, an O-line that might not look the same come the season. That could be brutal on a rookie. Yeah, but at the same time, it's a really good coaching staff got improved also by the addition of Pete Carmichael. So I, that's just not something I worry about. Honestly, um, I'm not, I'm not, not taking the quarterback Zach because my best receiver is Cortland Sutton. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like irrelevant. I need the quarterback. All that other stuff comes is ancillary and comes second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I got to get a quarterback, dude. This is like getting ridiculous. It's like worrying about the color of your window shades when the foundation isn't even isn't even laid on your house yet. You have to start with the QB. It's the most important position, and then you work your way out from there. And Cody, I'll pose to you non hypothetically: Can you name one starting lineman from the Texans besides Laramie Tunsil? Probably not. Did any casual fan knew any starting receiver in the Texans receiving core before last year? Probably not. But C.J. Stroud, being that rookie quarterback, the franchise guy elevated everyone that's i know we haven't seen this since peyton manning but that's what a true elite quarterback does so you've got to start there it's like saying hey you know we think we could make a buck on this housing market if we sell our house but the problem is you got a slipping foundation you know you can't really sell the house at least not at any kind of profit let alone like get your money out of it until you get that fixed. So everything stops and ceases. The world stops turning until that gets solved. Once you fix the foundation, hey, put her on the market, sell her at a profit, you know. But that's where the Broncos are stuck. And they thought they had that foundation fixed with Russ. They hoped anyway. Nope. Cracks persist. Got to get her lifted. Uh, it's, a, it's a pickle. Um, okay, Zach, you are 
where are we at? We're at 40 minutes. You're working on a, an article. You know, I want to shift gears here. We talked about Drew Brees. We've been talking about the draft and Russ and and uh, talked a little bit about Gratishar. But free agency rumors, you're working on something. What's what's the latest on on the, the NFL world at large predicting how the Broncos maneuver in free agency? Well, it's a definite slow period right now, so I'm trying to find any bit of Broncos, you know, relevant coverage that I can. And Pro Football Focus uh, kind of linked the Broncos. They called them a potential landing spot for Austin Hooper, the tight end who spent last year with the Las Vegas Raiders, played against the Broncos. Kind of a nondescript player. He was in Atlanta, uh, I'm pretty sure, for a while. And uh, he can do a little of both as a blocker and as a pass catcher. He's not an elite guy. He's not a Kelsey or a George Kittle. But you need someone more reliable when your top two options are Greg Dulcich, who's the opposite of reliability, and Chris Manhurts, who's a career blocker. So I would, wouldn't hate the move, but it's not a very sexy potential move either. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because the Broncos do need some upgrades at tight end. A lot of their problems on that front would be solved if the injury bug would just lay off of Greg Dulcich for a minute, for crying out loud, but it hasn't. And I didn't really see much redeeming-wise to justify re-signing Adam Troutman. Um, you, need a, you need a reinforcement there. That would be a good fit, I think. Um Zach, I got to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I got to get your thoughts on this from uh, Phil. He says, I read the Rams will take our number 12 pick, <clears throat> give us 19 overall, pick 52 and pick 150. I would love to see that happen, says Phil. Zach, what are your thoughts on such a trade back haul? I'd like to know where you read that, Phil, if that was like a, a report or if that was like a, you know, a aggregation opinion from a, another writer. So you're getting a what there, Chad? You're getting a second and a fifth, a fourth? Uh, That'd be a fifth, probably. Fifth. So a two and a five to move down seven spots. I would like to see that if only, though, and again, it depends how the board breaks, if your guy is not there. If any of the big four or five quarterbacks are off the board, you're not sold on them, I would consider trading back. But there's still a part of me, Chad, that really wants to stay put and just take a blue-chip prospect, no matter really who it is, whether it's a Q, whether it's an edge rusher, whether it's a yada. Scott, we had you at the Senior Bowl, of course. You were there. What do you think, by by show of, of uh, digits, what's the lowest round you could realistically see Bo Nix falling to? That's what I think. You went like this, round two. Bunny ears. Okay. Drew Brees, second round pick when he came out. I'm only bringing this up because how many legitimate talking heads guys that when they do talk on these type of issues, you perk up and listen a little bit have compared Bo Nix to Drew Brees in this situation, Zach, if he, if he ends up, if, if the media is read on Bo Nix turns out to also reflect the internal read in the NFL and he ends up going in the second round, you're the Broncos. You could maybe give him at 19. Maybe you could even get him at 52. Probably not. You probably have to get him much earlier in the second round, but, those are just risks I'm not sure I'm willing to take just because, you know, Drew Brees ended up being a second-round pick because there was really nothing about him from a physical uh, makeup perspective, Zach, that blows you away at the Underwear Olympics. He had a prolific and productive career at Purdue. 
but his height, his arm strength, his combination of tr tools, traits, athleticism, all that stuff. Everyone's like, yeah, it could be something, but eh, not enough there to blow us away. It goes in the second round. That's kind of the read on Bo Nix, with the exception that I think Bo Nix is viewed, at least as a prospect coming out, as a much more as much more of an athlete, let's just put it that way, uh, than Drew Brees. I still think he ends up going in the first round, and it could end up being the Broncos if they're not able to make a trade up and and you know top three type thing. Yeah, um, I don't think he's going to fall around two. I could be totally wrong. Maybe there's a medical that pops up, or maybe he um, there's a gas mask bong video that leaks, Chad, before the draft. But I think he'll go in the 20s uh, at the latest. And here's my worry about trading down. And this would apply to Bo Nix or McCarthy or any other quarterback. Who picks right after the Broncos at 13? The Raiders. So if you trade down, you're gifting the Raiders a quarterback prospect potentially. And let's say that quarterback prospect hits. Now you're in a division with Jim Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Justin Herbert, Mahomes, and that rookie quarterback. And who do you have? Jarrett Stidham? So there's a definite case to stay at 12 and just take whatever best quarterback is still on the board. There's also kind of that bias that exists that was similar uh, by the way, Scott saying Breeze had a better arm. He got knocked for being short. Um, there is that uh, kind of like with with Ohio State, Zach. There's a lot of people who just they're selling on anything that's an Oregon quarterback. If you look at some of the the history of Oregon quarterbacks, I mean, the most recent success story is Justin Herbert, but his story's still kind of out there, right? Like. He's had two really good seasons, uh, got hurt, organizational instability. I like his uh, – I, I, unfortunately for the Broncos, like his outlook with Jim Harbaugh coming. But take it back a little further. Marcus Mariota, number two overall, right? Didn't really go anywhere in the league. Uh, you got to go back a ways. I mean, even remember Joey Harrington. Um, but you got to go back a ways. And Billy Musgrave, I always forget about that Billy Musgrave was an Oregon quarterback. You got to go back quite a ways to old Dan Fouts be before you find a real bona fide Oregon quarterback. Does that bother you at all in terms of does it color the conversation in any way, shape, or form on uh, Bo Nix? I think the only one it would apply to would be uh, Caleb Williams with the USC quarterback curse. That's but, true. you know, you, you talked about CJ Stroud and that Ohio State curse, and he kind of shed that as well. So I, I know it's cliche, but I like to, you know, scout the player and not the college, not the helmet necessarily. And Bo Nix has what it takes. He's still very much raw, but if you hone him correctly in a Sean Payton system, he, he could be the guy. So, yeah, Caleb Williams – Slovis, let's see, I'm going back here on USC. JT Daniels, Darnold, swing and a miss. Uh, Mark Sanchez, maybe? Matt Barkley, Kessler, Barkley. I'm just going back here. Uh, yeah, Sanchez. Uh, Leinert, man, he was Ooh. he was supposed to be the man at the next level, but we know how that shook out. Carson Palmer, I think you could measure as a success for, for USC quarterbacks making good in the league, even though – he didn't exactly win it all, and he's not going to end up in the Hall of Fame. But still, Carson Palmer, uh, I'm just going back here a little bit. Let's see. Uh, John Fox, not that John Fox. Uh, let's see. Rob Johnson. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, Rodney Pete, shout out, going way back. Todd Marinovich. Uh, that's like my childhood right there, that that era. Uh, Salisbury. I'm going back here. Sean Salisbury, I forgot he was a Trojan. 
but yeah, then it's pretty bleak. It's pretty bleak when Carson Palmer is your shining success story, Zach, uh, of quarterbacks making good in the league. And then number two behind Palmer is a guy who committed one of the most egregious foul-ups in NFL history, Mr. Butt Fumble himself. So if, <laughs> if you did subscribe to a, a curse about a school, Caleb would be the one that you avoid, but I don't subscribe to that personally. Uh, okay, back to the Supers. We got Cody, again, my dog, saying what would it take to trade a third rounder to move up to a second? You get your edge or receiver tight end in the first round, then trade up into the second. It'd have to be early second to get Bo Nix. What would it take? Uh, I got to remind myself what pick in the third round. Zach, you start. I'm going to look at this for the Broncos. Yeah, it would depend on how far they move up into the second round. If it's the back end or it's the start of it, uh, that would dictate how much compensation would cost but it's going to be a pretty penny it's going to cost you a future three probably or a future two maybe a player it's it's not going to come cheap and if you take a tight end in the first round you got if you trade up in the second you better get that pick right i'm trying to see here i'm not sure exactly uh it's going to be somewhere in top 15 of the third round i'm pretty sure let me try this what was let's see uh i gotta remind myself broncos trade up Javante Williams draft. That wasn't too long ago. Uh, so from an article written by yours truly, uh, April 30th, 2021. Let me see. Uh, package a deal with the Falcons to move up from pick 40 to pick 35. Yeah, so they stayed in round. Didn't they do one last year? That's more applicable. That's right. Mims, hold on. Broncos trade up. Because we didn't have a second-round pick last year. Uh, Mims draft. Standby. Okay, let's see. I they bet had this... two-thirds, though, so they probably gave one of those. Uh, yeah, let's see. Okay. Da, 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 from Bob Morris here. Uh, da, 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 evaluate the draft day trades for all teams using the draft pick chart, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Near-perfect trade. To select Mims at 63, remember, there was only one more second-round pick to be made. He was the second-to-last third-round pick. Or was he the last third-round pick? Or second-round pick, sorry. I'm, I'm, he might right. have been. Broncos got a pick back and 183 from the – Broncos pulled off a near-perfect trade, giving up just 104 points, moving from 68, so early third round, to 63 to get Marvin Mims. This was pulled off by making sure they got the 183rd pick in return from the Lions. I don't know. I think if you're going to move up from the third into the early second, it's probably going to take you at least a third-round pick to make that happen. Yeah, or a combination of picks. And again, you, if you're already short on assets, you if you're squandering more to move up, George Payton better hope he gets that pick right. Scott says second and fourth to Atlanta. So good question. Very interesting conversation. Thank you for that, Cody. Uh, but we're about out of time, guys. Any burning topics, get it in the chat here. I'm going to take a swing and see if we can find anything interesting from the regulars who uh, we might not always get to. Jay Roper, do you think Nick's is Breeze? No, 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 no. It's just there are some interesting parallels there, though. There really are, um, especially relative to Sean Payton and whatnot. Phil, that was part of a mock by Joe Wynn. Okay. All right. So his previous thing of the Broncos trading back, getting 19, a second, and a fifth. Right, Zach? Yeah. Good to know. Uh, 
Marijuanovich. That's right, Lauren. <laughs> Todd Marijuanovich. <laughs> uh, we're dating ourselves, Lauren, on that front. People are going, what are you guys talking about here? Um, okay, hold on. Okay, I want to find one from Ostendorf. I'm going to find one from, uh, from Todd Ostendorf. Hang tight, hang tight. He's always in there. We try to get to you when we can, big dog. Uh, he says, I wouldn't mind, I would not mind having Taysom Hill, though. You know, my, uh, I was talking about this with a family member the other night because, you know, we saw him at the, uh, at my boys' basketball game and they're like, hey, we saw that report, MHH, about, uh, the possibilities of Taysom Hill. It's important to remember he is under contract. Do you are you really in this situation going to trade to get Taysom Hill? It's possible that the the Saints cut him, Zach, and he ends up hitting the free agent market, and then it's a different equation. But what's your answer? And then we'll get talk. You're right. You'd have to trade for him and give up a pick or two. But I, I believe that Hill has no more guaranteed money left on his contract, so it'd be a, a fairly low cost flyer for a guy who who bloomed in a Sean Payton system and he's not going to be the answer at quarterback but you just need playmakers you just need dogs on that side of the ball and Taysom Hill is for sure a dog with the ability to throw catch and run I wouldn't mind having him but I'm not going to make him number one priority Todd says other than Graham I think the I think the other that is closest is Taysom Hill Taysom plays a joker role yeah that's the thing everyone's got to remember I think for I won't say many Broncos fans, but for some Broncos fans, the last memory they have of Taysom Hill is him coming in on that brutal uh, game where the Broncos had not one single active quarterback. And uh, Sean Payton and the Saints came in week 12, uh, 2020, and spanked the uh, Kendall Hinton-led Denver Broncos. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Those gloves forever enshrined. But – He's not, uh, you know, even Sean Payton did make some modest hay with Taysom Hill as a quarterback. You're bringing him in as just an offensive weapon guy, a joker, move around, get him the ball, let him do his thing, not to necessarily come in and be your guy. I think the best case scenario would be to find another Taysom Hill through the draft. I mean, a younger version, a guy that can be with you from day one, and you don't have to give up more picks to acquire. But he does just have a unique knack, man, of just, He's just so multifaceted in his talent. He's big enough that you can use him as a little bit of a battering ram if you need to here and there. And he can throw the ball, you know. He's he he can. Is he a high level passer? No, but if you need him to, he can. But good stuff. Fun conversation. Let me double check here on on Mr. Producer. Uh that I was reading the same point. I didn't realize that either. Scott said that I didn't realize Taysom Hill is yeah. going to be 34. Well, he went on a mission. You know, he's a BYU Mormon kid. That's so a non-starter for me. You don't even start thinking about college or anything till you're about 21-ish is probably. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I'm starting normally my freshman year of college at 18 and a half or whatever, he's starting it at 20 and a half or 21. So it puts about a two-year, two to three-year delay on the developmental return on these guys. He's on the Brandon Whedon timeline, I guess. But yeah. I just, I'm not going to sink assets and time into a guy who's going to be 34 again. Just try to find the next Taysom Hill uh, through the drafts. Good catch, though, Scott. Love you guys. We got a few messages. Then we're going to dip on out. Tremendous installment as usual.
as per usual, of the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad N. Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking each and every day, each and every podcast, you can get yours at mhhmerch.com. Also, drop us a like at facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. You can find us on Instagram at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please do these three things. Takes two seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Yeah, look, get this real quick. So he did serve a mission, Taysom Hill. Coming out of high school in tw- 2009, he had multiple offers from programs in the West, including a bunch heavily recruited by head coach Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. Hill had originally committed there out of high school, but then after he returned from his mission, uh, he enrolled at, at BYU in uh, January of 12. So exactly that. So he started at 21 and he started freshman at 21. So anyway, all right, guys, uh, mile high salute and much love and respect to the great super chat superstars and supporters that are helping to keep us rolling. <clears throat> especially during the, the off season tonight, Michaela, uh, the Duchess, Michaela, David McElrath, Sam Bam. We've got the Ronk. We've got Colby C. Collier. We've got George Fox, Keith Brugman, Drake Wally. We got Phil McLaughlin, Troy Boer. Uh, we got Cody Dub in the house. Much love and respect guys. Thank you so much. We will, by the way, Super Bowl Sunday, we'll be going live whenever the Super Bowl's over. So, we won't necessarily be going up 6-10 or 6, you know, etc. Whenever the game's over, 10-15 minute window, then we'll be live. We will see you then, though. Enjoy your weekend. Take care. And as always, go Broncos and go Niners. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.